Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Salute to Knicks Nation. CP from Knicks Van TV here. And today's podcast is brought to you by Scotch Porter men's grooming products as you guys know this is the grooming products that i use for my beard i particularly use their premium beard wash conditioner balm and serum and i just love how it makes my beard feel man it it feels soft it's shiny it's smooth smells great and most importantly they use all natural products and for all Knicks Fan TV, the podcast listeners, you can get free shipping on all orders on $50 or more. And also, they always have sales on their beard collections, so definitely check it out. You're going to want to go to www.scotchporter.com slash hashtag KFTV. That's scotchporter.com slash hashtag KFTV. Peace. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go. Monday Night Knicks, salute to Knicks Nation. CP from Knicks Fan TV here. This is another edition of our NBA Draft Prospect Preview Show. This is the show where we break down some of the top lottery picks in this year's draft. (laughs) Uh, covering it with the people who are in the know, the bloggers, the content creators, the scouts, the experts that cover these guys extensively. And tonight we're going to talk about Obi Toppin. So if you're a diehard Knicks fan, if you're a diehard basketball fan, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button below and the notification bell so you don't miss anything. Today's guest, he's a writer and a podcaster for the Blackburn Review. They cover the University of Dayton basketball and, uh, yeah, he's here to talk about Obi Toppin, man. His name is Dan Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. Sully, how you doing today, man? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I was telling them before we went on that this is the first basketball talk I've done since the Dayton season ended. So I've, I've been in mourning for a few days. 
But uh, it's great to be back on the mic with uh, some basketball fans, man. Man, it's it's interesting times. This is the first time without March Madness. Uh, You know, we're around the same age, and this is my favorite time of year, especially when the weather's starting to turn with the tournament, man. There's nothing like that first weekend of March Madness, and for us not to have it, um, some, some crazy times, man. Definitely some crazy times. I feel empty inside, man. I can, I can agree with you there. I've, uh, as a lifelong Dayton fan and diehard, you know, Flyers, my dad's a Flyer. Um, okay. it's, been, it's been tough times, man. It's just been a tough week. I, I can imagine it, man. And this year was a promising year for Dayton. Um, you, you guys have finished the year 25-2, and 18-0 in the Atlantic 10, um, led by this guy, Obi Toppin, man. Um, tell us a little bit about Obi, man. Yeah, dude. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the Flyers, their last loss in route to 29 and two was uh, December 21st. So uh, it's literally been a real long time since Dayton lost. And, um, and obviously, Obi's kind of like the centerpiece, right? So um, we, we had guys on the roster that stirred the drink, you know, like the glue guys. Um, specifically, we had two seniors on the roster that were the three and the four. But um, Obi was really, you know, the centerpiece of everything. And, and how could he not be like, He's been on everybody's draft board this entire year. So, you know, as far as um, his progression in the season, it was kind of funny because when we started the year, we were playing teams that didn't really know who he was, right? Or they just, like, didn't have a grasp on just, like, how good he was or what he could do well. So we were playing, like, a lot of poor teams at the beginning of the schedule, and it was the dunk show, like, every night. I mean, he was good for, like, four alley-oops a night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got into conference play where, where, like, some of the teams have seen you twice. Some of the coaches have seen you for multiple years. And you guys know how it is. Like, you get game planned against. You get schemed on. And really, like, you started to see it as the season wore on that, like, when we played good coaches, well-coached teams, every time you kicked it into OB into the post, you know, the double was coming. And um, the one thing I can share with with people that, you know, are going to see him at the next level is that Obi's one of the most unselfish players that I've ever seen that's had the limelight on him, you know? So, like, when I say that he gets the ball in the post and then he gets a double team, a lot lesser men would try to do too much or they try to go right at you and force the ball up to the rack. But Obi is one of those dudes where he looks for the right play instead of looking for the – uh, you know, the two point bucket or something that's obvious. He always finds the right pass. And um, for a guy of his size that plays the post, he's a phenomenal passer, man. I think that's what's going to suit him well moving up to the next level in the NBA is how good of a passer he is. 63% from the field, 40% from downtown. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to point to his highlight dunks, which is great. But ha- how about his shooting ability? How did you like that uh, watching him through his sophomore well, that- year? Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. Like, we started to say early on in the year that, like, if you described Obi's game in one phrase, it's easy buckets. And you, you started to see that a lot against A-10 competition because, I mean, you guys know how it is in the Atlantic 10. Like, we're not as good as the Big Ten or the ACC. They're just a step below. I mean, they're not quite a mid-major conference. They're a little bit above that. But, you know, Obi really had such great shooting numbers because you got on the ball in the post. And it was easy buckets like and, and it, he did it in a, in a lot of ways too, like jumping over you and using the glass or just a quick post move to get around you. You know, he did it in a lot of different ways. And so, yeah, like you're only going to see the highlight dunks on the sports center. But that's why 
I kind of wanted to, you know, especially for this type of show, is be like, oh, there's, there's other things he does well. He's got great footwork in the post. He passes out of the post better than anybody I've ever seen. And, you know, those numbers that you're rattling off um, is just a testament to him being in the right position, number one. And number two, he always knows where the rim is. Um, and, and I think in the college game, you get a lot of guys in the post that, you know, they back their man down, they back their man down, and then they turn around. And they, they don't have any awareness of, like, where they are in relation to the hoop, and that's how you see all those things. You know, they rim out or whatever. But I always felt like Obi just had such great awareness of where he was in the post and where he wanted to be, right? Because that's the other thing is, like, how can you get to your spots? Um, you don't even have to be a guard to, like, you know, be one of those guys that needs to get to your spot. Um, but but that that's Obi to a T, man. He just uses his good footwork and his quickness um, to, to always get to those spots in the post. And, and just wrapping up, uh, the other thing that really helps him down low is I've never seen a guy get off the ground as quickly as he does. And that might sound like a weird thing to say, but, like, he literally – he can jump out of the gym and he can do it quick, man. And that's that lot, led to a lot of block shots this past year too. Now, now you mentioned block shots. I mean, how would you rate his overall defensive ability? I mean, that's something based on my limited research um, that, you know, some of some of the, the critics kind of knock him on is his, uh, is his defense. How would you rate it? Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair because if I could say that there is a weakness in his game – um, it, you know, it'd be, it would still be on the defensive end and, you know, he went against you know, the perfect example is, uh, Yudoka Azabuki, uh, at Kansas. Mm. So we, you know, we went up against Kansas in the Maui invitational and, and Obi, he got taken to church like all night long. I think Azabuki finished with 29 that day or 31. Um, so, you know, luckily for him, he's not going to have to play that kind of defense in the NBA. Like I don't foresee Obi getting drafted and then someone being like okay like go up against Mo Bamba tonight you know what I mean like he's not gonna have to play that role defensively when he goes into the league so I'm not as worried about it but I'm not I'm obviously not the first guy to, to talk about like the transition to the NBA so I will say that like defense is definitely a weakness in his game right now and I think he just has to fill out a little bit more and the other thing is rebounding like he's never been a strong rebounder he's not tenacious on the glass he's not great as far as rebounding and positioning, but you know, I think that he's going to learn that curve as it goes along because something that your viewers, listeners might not know is that Dayton kind of ran a system where like we didn't go after rebounds too hard. Like we usually were like, let's get back and play defense or let's kick it out and get on the fast break as quickly as we can. So it, it, we really just didn't put a focus or an emphasis on rebounding. And so I don't think, Number one, I don't think Obi is is like an elite rebounder, but number two, he was never taught how to be. So I'm still optimistic that he can figure that part of his game out. But, you know, to come full circle for you, how would I rate it? I don't know if I would necessarily like assign a number like 0 and 100, but I will say that it's definitely the weakest part of his game to this point is is defensively in the post. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, so I was going to ask, yeah, I was going to ask more about, I guess, the, the, more detail. So is it just defensively in the post or is it pick and roll because maybe he's a little slower or like closeouts? Is he good at closing out on shooters? Um, do you know, like, I guess what holes the, or is this overall, like, can you, can you be more specific about what's bad about his defense? Yeah. I just think in the post, like he got bullied a lot in the post. Um, there was this freshman for UMass who was pretty good. His name's Trey Mitchell. And he absolutely exposed Obi like down low in the post. So what I meant specifically was like, 
And this, he's like a big guy. He's like 6'10, maybe like 260. I'm talking about like, you know, big, big man. Mm-hmm. And um, he struggled against those types of dudes in the post. That was just kind of how it was for him. And so, as far as like the perimeter, um, you know, like you said, pick and pops, like high ball screens, he didn't really struggle with too much of that kind of stuff because he's quick. Like when you saw him get out on the fast break, like there's not a lot of guys that move like him that are six foot nine. Um, so he kind of moves like a much smaller athlete, but at that in turn kind of leads to him having a little bit weaker post defense and man, like in the college game, he hasn't really had to play that perimeter defense too much. Like it's stay at home, stay on the block, wait for the man to come to you down low. So that's kind of that stuff where I'll give him a little bit of leniency because it's like. I'm not sure how great his perimeter defense is because Dayton had, you know, four or five guys that were under six foot six and, you know, Obi didn't really have to play that role. Okay. So, I mean, he could probably, you know, do, don't skip leg day and get better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, you know, yeah. it, it's, uh, it's certainly. Don't skip leg day. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, listen, it's going to be a challenge for him at the next level. I mean, if he's getting bullied by, you know, freshman big men, it's only going to get harder, JLs. I mean, yes, he got a lot of stretch fours in the league, but there's a lot of size in there, too. I think one, you know, one thing that's, that's go for him is he, he's gotten a lot bigger since his high school days, man. He went from 6'2 to 6'9, JLs, put on seven inches, um, wasn't highly recruited at all from any D1 school coming out of uh, high school in Ossining. Goes to the prep school, Mount Zion, and and that's where he starts to get noticed by, I think, uh, Georgetown was after him. Georgia uh, ends up settling for Dayton. Well, not settling, but ends up going to Dayton. And, uh, yeah, man, let him had a, had a great season for him. Yeah, that's how it was, man. Like, you know, for Dayton, we don't usually get these types of players, to be honest with you. And, I mean, you know, it, it speaks to just, like, why I'm on the show. Like, I've never done an NBA show where we had, like, a draft prospect in the top 10 mm-hmm. or, or even in the first round. I mean, the, the last time, like we had a player that got drafted last year or two years ago, but it was, uh, if you guys remember, it was Giannis's little brother, mm-hmm. Costas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he literally got drafted because of his last name. He didn't get drafted because of his like basketball abilities. Yeah. So that one like was funny. Cause it kind of had an asterisk next to it where it mm-hmm. was like, okay, like we get why this guy's getting drafted. But before that, um, I believe the, the last guy to be drafted before that was in 1990, which is the year I was born. So like, <laughs> this just doesn't happen yeah, yeah. for us, man, you know, and that, and that story told of like how he came out uh, of high school. Like that was how we got him. He was a zero star recruit and Anthony Grant, apparently he just got a call, you know, from a local like prep school coach and was like, yo, check this dude out. And, you know, thank God he saw the long-term potential and, and what Obi could do because that's how he got on campus. And, um, you know, it, the other thing that, that I always say, and I don't know how, how much this feeds into NBA draft prospecting now or like the draft board or whatever, because um, I know it's like a big sticking point in the NFL these days for whatever reason. But Obi is just like a good dude from a good family. You know what I mean? Like his mom is just like the most wholesome lady that like just reps her boys and she's always there. And um, like I said, I don't know, like if guys like scouts look at that now to be like, where'd he come from? Yeah, you know, they definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> and char- character plays a lot, you know, in, into deciding where you're going to pick a guy for sure. sure does. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, and that was the thing. Like this year, I think that Dayton was so good because of who Obi is, like as a guy. Like he never wanted to share the spotlight. He was always like, it, it, when you heard interviews from him, they're like, oh, you know, my teammates put me in a position to make plays so I just make them you know and so he was always you know giving that credit back to the team and saying like you know this is a team effort it's not all about me and you know I always kind of I'm from Pittsburgh so I don't I know it's not like popular with the New York people but uh the reason I brought it up was the I heard like a while back from uh Ike Taylor these guys that used they won a Super Bowl in in Pittsburgh and like we had some yeah, the Steelers, like we won some of the like we had some of the best defenses of that time with like Troy Paul Malu and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I brought all this up because those defenses, those guys said that they were so good because Troy Paul Malu like never wanted the spotlight and he was like a very down to earth, like not showing off type of guy. And so he set the tone because they were like, Well, if this guy's the best player that we have and he's not showing off, like I gotta work harder, like I can't show off. And so you see where I'm going, like Obi was that guy for Dayton where I think people were like, okay, well, Obi's the best player we got. So if he's not showing off and like going big time showtime every night, then like we got to, you know, we got to keep grinding because we're, you know, we're beneath and we're feeding that wolf. Um, so I, I think that's something that's going to help his draft stock a lot because not only are they going to want Obi the player, but they're going to want Obi the person because he's going to go into a locker room. He's going to light it up with a smile. You know, he's going to be one of those dudes you want to be around. And, and that mm-hmm. certainly goes a long way when it comes to the draft. And he was currently voted today as a CBS uh, National Player of the Year. So the, the, more of those accolades should be coming as the uh, as the votes get tallied up. Um, did you think this potential tournament run could have um, propelled his draft stock a little bit? Or do you think it's, it's kind of he is what he is at this point? Nah, I don't. I don't think. Like, I think the the foundation's been laid as as far as like you know, if we let's say hypothetically everything went along as it was planned, we just got done from conference tournament week. Dayton's like you know headed to Cleveland for a game on Friday. I don't think there's anything he could have done between now and April to uh, to heighten his draft stock because like I mean, you said it yourself like he already got picked player of the year. Like he was going to get picked player of the year regardless of what happened in the tournament. I think. Mm-hmm. Because even if, you know, you go out in the second round or something like that, like it's a one game sample set. So no one would like, you know, hold it against him if Dayton went out early. And in the same breath, you know, if he scored 30 points a night, I think people would expect it more so than being like, oh, he really raised his draft stock this time. So, you know, I I think that he kind of was already in a position to be a top 10 pick. And it's looking like looking like top five right now. Right. Is that what you guys are seeing? Top five? Yeah, I mean, from what I'm seeing, yeah, he could be. could be top five, depending on whose draft board you're looking at. Yeah. yeah. I, I could be. I've heard maybe seven or eight somewhere. It could be – it seems like that tier is wide open. You really don't notice here. But I definitely heard his name mentioned. I mean, would, would he fit in well with, like, what the Knicks are building right now, you think? I mean, does anybody fit in well with what the Knicks are doing? Absolutely. I mean, I, I personally feel like – um if Randall wasn't here, I feel like... I think this is what you wanted Randall to be, <laughs> to, to play like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unselfish, can stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Toppin and Mitch could be a nice tandem for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like somebody who's not selfish, RJ can kind of take over a little bit more responsibilities. Maybe get a point guard in, 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 the, in the, the later rounds from the Clippers pick, who knows? But I feel like if Randall wasn't here, I think he would be a nice piece for RJ. It certainly makes more sense to me, a guy who can shoot threes, 
post a little bit and a good passer play positionless basketball. It just makes more sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I, that's why I think he's going to do well at the next level is because like he had to play kind of a more traditional like center type of role. If you want to call it the five, I guess um, we didn't really have that, like that five guy. That's just not like it, Anthony Grant runs more of an NBA system than anybody. So like that coupled with how Obi plays the game and, and the fact that he can, you know, he's going to be on an NBA roster where he has a couple of guys that are bigger than him, you know, and they can play the center role. So the fact that he's going to be moved back a little bit to like a three or four, and then, you know, he's going to, he's coming from an NBA system because Anthony Grant, you know, obviously was uh, with Billy Donovan for all those years. And then they went to Oklahoma city together. So everybody says like, if you looked at all of the college offenses this year, like across the country and all the best teams, Dayton ran the closest thing that you would see to an NBA style offense. And that's just, I mean, you guys know it. It's, it's an inside out game. It's positionless. Um, you got guys moving all the time and it didn't hurt that we had five guys on the floor at any given time that can shoot three. So, you know, when you have all those kinds of pieces, you can run an NBA style offense. So I really think that the move positionally and then that style is really going to, to uh, do wonders for him coming up here when he moves up. Yeah. Especially you have like a guy like, if you have Kenny Atkinson here, I think he would love a guy like that. That fits his style perfectly. So I'm saying, man, like, I, I don't think Obi's a traditional post player, but like, luckily for him, he's never going to have to be, you know, um, and in, you know, night one, day one, just like Zion, he's going to give you some highlights. So there's that too. Cause like the Knicks, you know, you got, got to get some buzz right now. And that, that'd be a perfect thing. If you had Obi throwing down jams every other night, that's good. Buzz <laughs> for the some you know? some Obi highlights, right? Yeah, man, you guys need that, you know? No, no, no doubt, man. And we're talking to Dan Sully Sullivan, uh, podcast and writer for the Blackburn Review. They cover the Dayton Flyers, and we're here talking Obi Toppin's NBA draft prospects, man. Um, Dan, definitely appreciate the time. Uh, let the people know where they can find you on, on Twitter or um, your, your website as well. Yeah, no doubt, man. So uh, I appreciate you guys for bringing me out of morning and – and, uh, and getting back to something that felt a little bit normal right now. You know, I think we all need something a little bit normal. Uh, so talking hoops was fun. But, yeah, man, you guys can find me at Sully, my good name, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm not much of an NBA guy. I'll be quite honest because I'm, uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I never had an NBA team. So, like, I, I tried to get on the Bucks bandwagon for a little bit because, like, I like Giannis, you know. <laughs> like, but uh, – I, I don't know, man. I, I just kind of fly with the wind when it comes to NBA. I just like watching good basketball. So when the, the playoffs come on, I'm I'm turning it on. Neutral, but, neutral, uh, yeah, man. Like, yeah, I'm very neutral. Like yeah. if if you're if, if playoff basketball is on, like I just want to watch it because I like seeing some good hoops. So, all right, man. Um, we'll, we'll welcome you to the Knicks Nation, man. Don't worry about it. We'll get you. We'll send yeah. your orange and blue hat. You know, you, you could you could identify with us, man. This is always room, man. Come yeah, through. Yeah. I don't know. Is that you guys are willingly, you know, recruiting fans to come into Knicks Nation? Well, you know, we're not. We're not desperate like the Nets. Don't get me wrong. We're not desperate. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought you guys are all about self-loathing and whatnot. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're not. We're, we're not desperate. But yeah, man. If you want to come through, you're welcome to come on the show anytime, man. JL, so you had you had another question for? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about Ob versus Denny? Because you know, I've seen Denny been getting on people's radar too. Do you? I don't know if you follow his game a lot. You can speak to that. Danny Avija from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah. Yeah, dude, honestly, that's the thing. Like, 
so that's a perfect place where like my knowledge stops because like I follow college basketball religiously like all year. Right. And then I feel like every single year we get to the NBA draft and I'm like, who the hell is that guy? And they'll be, it'll be like some dude from Europe or some shit. Like even like, I forgot LaMelo ball existed like for multiple months because he wasn't in the college game. And one day that idiot Lamar just came on TV and I was like, oh yeah, like he's still out there like playing hoops or whatever. So yeah, man, like it's funny. There's always in the first round, I'm like a couple of dudes every year where I'm just like, who got drafted in the first round? Like where did he come from? <laughs> so yeah, um, I'll, I'll go look at the tape over uh, while I'm quarantining with everybody else. And uh, hopefully next time I talk to you guys, I got a better answer for that one, man. <laughs> All right, no doubt, man. Well, Sully, man, definitely appreciate the time and, and be safe out there, man. Yeah, you too, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, hey, fill your time with some good content here. So this is it, man. Thanks again. There it is, man. Appreciate that once again. That was uh, Dan Sully Sullivan from the Blackburn Review. Um, talking about Obi Toppin jails. Talking about a little Obi Toppin, man. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Salute to everybody in the chat. All right, let me uh get you back in here, JLs. What's going on? Salute to everybody. Salute to all the mods. Uh, we're gonna take calls in a little bit. We just gotta set up the switchboard. JLs, what would you think about um his breakdown on Obi, man? What'd you think about it, man? Um. It was cool. It was cool. Like I, I, he's on Obi's on my radar already. So I was, but it, it was good to see even a little bit more perspective of a guy who kind of watches him all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I got from him is the rebounding thing. I didn't realize that was a big, uh, a big. Um, a yeah, not a, not a great rebounder. Average is seven on the on the year. Um, not a tremendous offensive rebounder. Yeah, only, only averaged sixteen putbacks the whole season. Yeah, like the first time I heard about Obi. And his and the way he moves, he he reminded me of Mari Starmer off the bat, like like a maybe like a Mari two point oh, but Mari can shoot threes. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel like Obi can be in his league. Mari two point oh, yeah, Amari who can shoot threes and doesn't play defense sounds like Amari to me. Exactly, you know, little get a little get a little post can shoot. You know, has that athleticism from straight up and down. Maybe not that much laterally. Sounded like a lot like Amari to me, but he can shoot threes. Yeah. So, I'll take it. I can take it. <laughs> yeah, Depending on who around him. You know what I mean? It could work. Well, listen, I, I, I think he and Mitch can certainly play together. I, mm-hmm. um, 70% of his shots come either at the rim or from three. So he can shoot it. He's shooting 40% from three. Right. You know, I mean, and that, that could speak to some of the rebounding numbers, too, if he's out there on the perimeter as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of bigs who shoot threes who don't rebound. They should all watch Kevin Love because Kevin Love, for some reason, who camp out there from three and still got all the rebounds. He's a master. Yeah, well, in, in his prime, I mean, Kevin Love, was, he was an animal on the boards. Let, let's, yeah. you know, he's, he's gotten a lot softer these days. But in his prime, Kevin Love was balling. Yeah. You know, all uh, over the, the court. The cast is the soul out of him, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right on that, man. Le- LeBron and the Cavs, uh, well, post-LeBron, Cavs mm-hmm. uh, took the life out of him. A salute, salute to Kevin Love. He just uh, supported um, the workers at Quicken Loans Arena, um, donated 100K uh, through his foundation. So that, that's good stuff during this time, during the downtime. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah man. man. All right. So here's what we'll do. Um, I want to take some calls. If you guys want to call in, I want to take some calls. What we'll have to do is 
cut this stream and start up a new one because I want this show to stand on its own. Um, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take some calls from the fans. So to everybody in the chat, once again, let me shout out the super chats that came in. Reggie Jones, appreciate the super chat and Shane Mack sends us a super chat. Jay Ellis, he says, uh, hopefully you make the right decision on drafting these kids. So yeah, oh, hopefully, man, hopefully right. who else we got in the chat. We got Optimus 2G. We got Reggie Jones, Park City, EJ one, uh, 300 in the chat watching on, uh, Knicks fan TV. Michael Parker also sends us a super chat. He says, Denny is a real sleeper in this draft. He says, remember the name. Denny is a sleeper. That That's your, that's your guy, Jails. Yeah, that's my, I mean, I, I don't know that much about him yet. I've heard good things about him, but I need to like actually look look at him more. Yeah, he's a good wing. He, he plays with stat. While we're talking about stat, he plays with stat on the uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv team. They also have um, Dylan Brooks' teammate from University of Oregon. I forgot his name, but they got a little squad, man. They definitely have a little squad. I was starting to watch some of their games before they stopped playing as well. Um, trying to trying to see what Denny was all about, but yeah. um, kind of reminds me of like a young Gallo. Mm-hmm. If if that would be my comparison, kind of reminds me of a young Gallo. Obi looks great on film. I want to see what. what Danny yeah, he looks good on film. Listen, he looks good on film. Obviously, I think he could be the safest pick right now in the draft. Um, in, in terms of immediate impact, I think he can go out and score. The defense is going to be a, a huge issue. Obviously, he's got to put on a lot more size, and he has been, you know, for coming up from college through the through the uh, the junior college rankings and into Dayton. So, doesn't look like putting on to the size is going to be an issue, but he's definitely going to need to if he's going to be able to bang in the post um, with some of these guys. But listen, he can shoot it. He can stretch the floor a little bit. He can pass it well. He's a selfless yeah. player. Um, so, I mean, so, you know, his strengths are certainly something that you like. Absolutely. Like, I think he works out well for guys like RJ for like, you can pick and pop with RJ, pick and pop with Frank or whoever future guard we get in here. And it seems like he can dive to the rim and catch lobs easily. He seems like a really, really good guy. He's just gonna, he can pretty, it seems like he can pretty much fit anywhere. He's that modern big that you just want. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely man alright so here's what we're gonna do so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys um, we're gonna end this stream start up a new one for the callers uh, we'll talk about what's going on with the NBA some of the latest news that we're hearing with the coronavirus and we'll take some of your calls if you guys wanna call in talk about our draft uh, reviews any questions any comments you guys might have so we're gonna end this stream look out for the notification for the next one what you guys can do is you can go on our main channels and just refresh until the new stream pops up, and then we'll be right back to it, man. So five minutes, we'll be back up and running. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys one more time on this show, and uh, we'll be right back. Peace. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.